0: Hashtag Wanderlust with Tim Go only on Money FM eighty nine point three. Back to Hashtag Wanderlust here on Money FM eighty nine point three, and I've been talking to travelers about their experiences being stuck in a foreign land when borders close. I, of course, told my story about this one last week. You can hear more about it uh, by tuning into Money MoneyFM's podcast. Just look for hashtag Wanderlust and you will find my account of my experience there. You can also follow it on my Facebook page and LinkedIn account. Anyway... To credit the Uzbek government, it ordered all borders, land and air borders and all flights suspended as soon as it announced its first case of COVID-19 there without warning. But they did so very fast, very efficient to contain the virus. Of course, many of us were caught off guard. We were traveling. We were not really in constant uh, contact with what's happening around the world, even though we know that, uh, you know, COVID-19 is creeping up on many places. Many of us didn't really. I mean, I was checking my phone not as regularly as as I would if I'm here in Singapore. But anyway, we were, uh, as I said, caught off guard. Some travelers, like me, decided to go on with my holiday as planned, as scheduled. Some, though, decided to start finding a way back home. Daniela Manai, a restaurateur from uh, Margaret River outside of Perth, Australia, is someone I met on the flight back. Daniela is a uh, managing director of La Scarpetta Trattoria in Margaret River. And he is taking time off now to join me uh, on the phone from uh, just outside Perth in Western Australia. Danielle, unlike some of us, um, you decided to cut your holiday shorter, or you attempted to cut your holiday shorter anyway after Uzbekistan decided uh, to close its borders. What were your concerns?
1: Hello, team. Um, so, why did I. <laughs> Uh, Cut my holiday short. I was concerned about the health care system probably not being uh, uh, able to treat me in case uh, I caught the virus, but also I you know, not speaking the language, I prefer to be at home. Australia is what I consider home now. Um, I would have happily gone to Italy. I just wanted to be in more familiar grounds, I suppose.
0: I guess if we met at the start of your holiday, I would have introduced you to some locals that might have probably eased some of those concerns and at least be your translator. But yeah, I did uh, hear from other foreigners as well that the healthcare care system won't be, well, might not be able to cope with a massive outbreak in Uzbekistan. So that was a concern for me. Anyway, what did the Australian foreign ministry authorities tell you when you reach out to them for help?
1: Oh my God, that was uh, an experience in itself. Uh, it's probably because I have an Italian accent, but I was asked several times if I was an Australian citizen, and um, they acted like I they couldn't understand what I was saying. I stated like three times that I was in Uzbekistan, and they said, "Oh, Pakistan," and I said, "No, Uzbekistan. Oh, Kazakhstan." I'm like. Listen, I know I have an accent, but I'm pretty sure you can understand what I'm saying. And he said that he hadn't mentioned my accent, and it um, was ending the conversation. I was absolutely shocked to be honest. it was um, it was awful. And this is uh, that was the number of the cc, the. Um, the center um, for the emergency center for Australians abroad. So, yeah, quite shocking indeed.
0: Now You also hold an Italian citizenship, right? Did you try to reach out to the Italian embassy?
1: I do hold uh, an Italian passport and um, uh, they were kind of very helpful or at least uh, they seemed very human and concerned about me. Um, They just told me that um, I had to give them my details, and as soon as they would have um, um, organized a charter flight to Europe, uh, my name would have been on that list. Uh, That said, I had to wait um, several days. In fact, until the day I left Tashkent to Jakarta um, to hear from them. And they were organizing a flight to Monaco the day after.
0: (laughs) Now, Danielle, we met on the same flight to Jakarta, for those of you listening to us. We met on the same f- chartered flight that uh, Uzbekistan and Indonesia's government put together to to evacuate uh, Indonesian citizens, Indonesian university students uh, out of Uzbekistan back to Indonesia and for Uzbek residents to come back from Indonesia to Tashkent. Anyway, we met on that flight. Uh, and I think, uh, Danielle, that was the last one out uh, to this part of the world did you how how did you know about that flight did australia help you out or tell you about this
1: absolutely not the australian government hasn't paid for anything and in fact uh, it didn't seem very concerned at all Um, about uh, Australians abroad. I heard so many stories about other people and people are still stuck to this day in foreign countries. (laughs) Um, That's that's a bit concerning. I only heard about this through the UK embassy in Uzbekistan, as um, you know, Australia doesn't have an embassy in Uzbekistan. There is one in Moscow responsible for it. So, when I contacted the Australian embassy in Moscow, they told me to just send them an email. um, Well, to send an email to the UK embassy, CC them in that email. And from then on, I had been dealing only with the UK embassy.
0: I'm speaking with Daniel Manai, a traveler I met on the special chartered flight back from Tashkent, Uzbekistan to Jakarta, bringing us closer to home. Uh, He's telling me about, uh, telling us really about his experience uh, being uh, stranded in a foreign land. So uh, Daniel, you were also the only non-Indonesian smart enough to get the health certificate that none of us were told about. Uh, this was a last-minute requirement, and I only found out when I was checking in for my flight two hours or three hours, in fact, before uh, takeoff. So, how how did you find out?
1: Uh, the health certificate story is a funny one. Um, as I've been researching. Uh, visa requirement or transit uh, visas for different countries. I, I really wanted to go back home. And uh, when I read about this flight to Jakarta, I went immediately on the internet looking for answers if I needed a, a visa or a transit visa. And I couldn't really find anything clarifying. So I just uh google for the number of the indonesian embassy in tashkent and i was talking to this um, guy maksud he was really helpful and he told me about the health certificate and i said even if i asked if i needed even just for transiting and he said yes I I emailed the UK embassy again asking for directions. They haven't replied. So I was hoping to get my certificate at the airport and that mobilized the entire airport. It was it was so sweet. Everybody was so helpful. And then I received an email while at the airport from the UK embassy saying you can contact this international clinic and I, I just flew there. <laughs> um, I got a taxi and I gave them a call before, obviously saying, asking if they would be able to provide a certificate and they said yes. It, they actually asked me if there were more people requiring the certificate and I'm like, I really yeah. don't know. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Here we go again. If we would have met two weeks earlier, even a week earlier, you could have alerted me uh, about this because you know what? I spend my afternoon in my Airbnb apartment just waiting uh, to go to the airport that day. But anyway, like what you said, kudos to the airport staff for really bending over backwards to help us uh, get things done at such a last minute. I know you probably were a little bit pissed off that uh, the flight was delayed because of us. But you know what? The foreign minister asked the flight to be delayed so that we can also uh, board that flight. Anyway, I've been talking about how good uh, Uzbekistan Airlines ground staff have been. The foreign ministry officials also are trying to make sure that we all make it to that last flight. What was uh, your experience like with them?
1: My experience at the airport and with Uzbekistan Airway staff and all the staff at the airport was amazing. I never found so much support um, anywhere else, I mean, probably yes, in but in different circumstances. So given the circumstances, uh, they were all not just helpful, they were willing to proactively make phone calls. Um, grab taxis, uh, organizing, you know, appointments or, you know, you know, directing you in general. I I thought it was, it was amazing and an, an amazing show of hospitality and caring.
0: Okay. So you've not seen all of Uzbekistan. Would you do it again?
1: Oh my God. Yes. I would definitely go back to Uzbekistan. In fact, I can't wait to go back. Um, I still have to see Kiva, and as you said to me, that's the jewel of Uzbekistan, you've been there so many times, (laughs) and I can only follow your advice. Uh, But yes, I would recommend it to everyone. It's an amazing country. Uh, Cities like Bukhara and Samarkand deserve to be seen and to be experienced in a way I was lucky there were not that many tourists. But at the same time, I do understand that this area of the world survives on tourism. So, so yeah, let's go back to Uzbekistan.
0: Khiva, yeah. Somehow, I think I was really born there during the golden age of the Silk Road. I feel so at home in Khiva. It's so remote, but yet it feels so comfortable there. Anyway... Hit me up the next time you want to go, and I well, I might just join you, Danielle. Thanks for joining me here on hashtag Wanderlust. That's uh, Danielle Minai from uh, Western Australia talking about his sort of different experience as well, being stranded in Uzbekistan. Well, as you heard from both uh, people, I spoke with both travelers, uh, different experiences and different takeaways from our uh, time being stuck in Uzbekistan. But uh, I think the bottom line here is we kind of stayed calm, relaxed and uh, and that's how we managed to be able to get out uh, of the country at the right time on the right flight. Because imagine if I had taken the flight to Delhi or uh, to Kuala Lumpur specifically, I would have been stuck in Kuala Lumpur uh, to serve a 14-day quarantine period at that time that the flight was returning uh, from there. So I guess the bottom line here is when you are ever again in a situation like that, just stay calm, just look at all your options, and, you know, you might not get the perfect option on the first day, but if you wait it out, that right flight to take you back home will come. You're listening to Hashtag Wanderlust here on MoneyFM 89.3.